0: Hello, this is Lewis Trapani. The following Doctor Who Podshock is a special roundtable discussion podcast, similar to what we did last year at the end of Series 2. Here we are at the beginning of Series 3, and once again we rounded up several podcasting hosts together for a special episode of Doctor Who Podshock. This particular episode is even extra special because this is our uh, first time that we've recorded live over the internet in a forum where others could actually listen, anyone on the net could actually listen to the podcast while it's being recorded and join in as well, so we have the ability to do uh, live feedback similar to like a call-in show, uh, a radio call-in show. In fact, uh, this is the first of a series that we're doing. If you're interested in joining our live show, We are recording after each new episode that's transmitted on the BBC the following Sunday. We have been recording at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the U.S., though that may change. Please check our website, thegalifranembassy.org or podchalk.net on details on how you could listen in. It's being recorded live via TalkShoe. That's TalkShoe.com. And if you don't want to wait for these live episodes to come onto the feed and um, bypass the post-production work and just listen to it roar as it is, as it was recorded, you can do so by going um, either uh, to our website, uh, once again, podshock.net. There's going to be a a link on the sidebar for it. Or you can go to um, talkshoe.com and look up Doctor Who Podshock. Please be warned that this episode contains spoilers if you have not seen the first episode of the 2007 series or series 3, Smith & Jones. So, if you like, if you haven't seen the episode Smith & Jones yet, feel free to save this podcast until you have and listen to it at that time. Anyway, without further ado, this is Doctor Who Podshock episode 73. Smith and Jones. go photo, no crow blow, cold show roll.
1: Um, we are citizens of planet Earth. We welcome you in peace. L- l- please don't hurt me. I was just trying to help. I- I'm sorry, don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> please don't hurt me. I was just trying to help. I- I'm, I'm sorry, sorry don't, don't hurt,
0: hurt me. me. Language assimilated. Designation Earth English. You will be catalogued. Category human. From a global recording session that melted the Doctor's brand new sonic screwdriver. It's Doctor Who. Pod.
2: Host Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 73. And we're here live via the Internet doing a another roundtable discussion podcast. We're right off the heels of the latest episode in Series 3, Smith and Jones. And we're going to get everyone's feedback on that episode and see where, where our uh, hopes and um, what we anticipate for the for the coming year of Doctor Who Joining us in today's podcast we have a host well We have a a, a long list of various different hosts and uh, From various other podcasts and radio shows mostly podcasts. I believe today. So um, With us today if I can go down the list joining me is um, our Co-host here is James Norton Hello And James, you're in the Netherlands?
3: Correct. This week I'm in the Netherlands. (laughs) It's always good to ask me where I am because often I have to check myself.
4: (laughs) I beg your pardon?
2: (laughs) Of course, you know James is uh, from Doctor Who Podshock and uh, Rough Ready and Roar and the James Norton Podcast.
3: Yeah, if I ever get around to doing any of them anymore, but hey. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey as as long as you're as long as you're on this one, that's, that's what no, no. Yeah, this
3: is the most important one, of course, Doctor <laughs> <Talk> Who.
2: <laughs> and um, we also have Sean Lyon from Outpost Gallifrey. Hello there. It's great to have you on board, Sean. Good to be back. We have our um, Canadian correspondent, Mike Mike Duran, um, Mike. Hello, everyone. Hi, Lewis. Uh, great to take part today. Glad to have you here. And then we have um, Ron um, from um,
3: the Magic Sock podcast, isn't that right?
5: Yes, that is correct. Lewis and James, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. good to have you on board, mate. Good to have everyone on board. Thank you. Yes, the pleasure
2: is ours as well. We have our regular contributor, Dot Skeptical.
6: And How the kids?
2: <laughs> Doth. <laughs>
6: thanks uh, for me you along.
7: Know,
2: Darth, you're uh, out in. Um, should I say? You're in the U.S.
7: I believe I am.
2: Just barely. Okay. On the edge. And and Ron, where um, where are you from again? I'm sorry. You're are you in the U.S. as well?
5: I'm in the U.S. right side of, uh, outside of Philadelphia.
8: Okay.
3: Uh, east meets west. It would seem.
8: Meets the far west <laughs> out here. <laughs> As we go along, we
2: have Colin, our regular contributor from the UK. Good Colin. evening, listeners.
6: Hello. I and then to joining us, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and joining us from the WhoCast is Paul Wilson, also in the UK. Howdy, folks. Good. Uh, should I say good morning? Is
3: it is it that time yet? Good night. <laughs> no, 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 it's <laughs> nearly. It's, it's very 20 nearly. Twenty
2: minutes past ten. Okay. <laughs> I do apologize. So here we go.
6: And uh, <laughs>
2: making his uh, actually, I, I'm going to save him for last.
9: Um, Joe
2: from Cinema
9: Slave is here. Joe Barlow. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me on. Hello.
2: Another...
9: Joe, yeah, welcome in the U.S. Also in Pennsylvania.
2: Wow. Yes.
9: It's, it's small world.
2: <laughs> and um, making his triumphant return to podcasting, we're delighted to have. Tom Dillahunt from the Who
10: WhoCast, uh, from, yeah. no, from uh, podcast Woo. Who.
3: Yeah, it's easy to get confused, isn't it? <laughs> we would...
9: hey, I'm gonna be on Paul. That'll be fine too. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I was gonna say, I bet that came as news to Paul. <laughs> well, well all okay. right. <laughs> to, be fair, to
2: be fair, his his each episode is called the Who Cast of uh, the podcast. That's why it's 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 ingrained Confusing. in my in my mind that way.
9: Well, we
3: were joking. Uh before, that we should just combine all the two. What What was the thing that we came up with? Podshock Who Cast? Podshock, oh, I can't pod remember two. what it was. Something like Oh, one big one, long word.
4: <laughs> Podcast Who Shock Cast thing.
3: Uh, that'd be quite good. That's,
6: that's better, everyone.
3: This is what this is right now. <laughs> <laughs>
6: So uh,
2: just so our listeners understand, we're trying a, a new method of um, connecting us all through the net um, through a conference service uh, called TalkShoe, and we're, we're sort of like um, eyeing out the bumps, or should I say the mountains, <laughs> <laughs> as we go we're along. Out to dry. Yes. Yes. And um, we're hoping that the sound quality is better than what we're hearing right now, because we're all sounding like we're talking from within our graves, but um, hopefully, that won't be the case while you're listening to this. So, but en- enough of uh, apologizing. Let's get on with the show. We just saw, I believe, all of us here have seen the latest episode, uh, Smith and Jones, episode one of series three. And um, so, what's minute. everyone's take on this? Um, there was a new Doctor Who episode?
6: <laughs> was it
2: there? Uh, I may have dreamt the whole thing. I'm not sure. I haven't been getting much sleep, so I'm a bit delusional.
6: It wasn't. I,
2: like I have dream, dreams though, about it? rhinos and Santarin outfits, and I don't know. Yeah.
9: The simple That's fact that the simple fact that it wasn't the Runaway Bride was uh, more than enough for me to love it. I oh, absolutely. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> My opinion on the Runaway Bride was very similar to Lewis's on Love and Monsters, except really? by, by wow. perhaps even wow. more, more intense. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Right. Really. Okay. It, it doesn't so much, hold up well. well.
2: Anything. Yeah, I, I just watched it again, just and sort of like psyching myself up for you know the new series. And it just, I don't know. I mean, I always had a problem with the Queen and the Spider and all that. But just even the whole episode, I, it just didn't hold the excitement that it did. I, I think part of it was that you're, you know, after what was it? July was the last Doctor Who episode, so it was so many months without anything. So it was just good to get something fresh and new. And
10: yeah. I mean, there was, there was, it was incredibly campy. That's the only the – the best thing I can say about Runaway Bride is that where it had a few good points, it was more campy than anything. Uh, it, 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 almost like the humor was forced.
9: Yeah, it, it seemed like a parody of Doctor Who more than an exactly. actual like, episode, mm. and that, that's why it didn't do it for me at all.
4: I, I think the thing about uh, The Runaway Bride was that um, it was almost a pantomime in that time of the year. In the UK, you expect to have pantomimes and things like that. So it was kind of okay. But also, I think people have to remember that it was cobbled together. It was built out of an idea or half a story that um, Russell T Davies had written uh, early on in season one, and it didn't become the the Christmas special until later on. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) That's true, very true. But also, I think we have to remember that it was a very different sort of a situation to the previous year when, of course, it was the Christmas Invasion because everybody was so excited about there being a new Doctor and wondering what David Tennant was going to be like and how he was going to play the Doctor and, you know, what sort of a series it was going to be. So in that aspect, I think there was kind of a whole lot more of an anticipation about it and more of a fanfare. Whereas I think... um, Paul really nailed it on the head when he said it was almost it was cobbled together. It was almost like an afterthought. So should we do a Christmas special this year? Well, we did one last year. Why don't we do one this year? You know, it, it wasn't necessarily something that they had to do, but um, I guess they do like to whet people's appetite because um, it is quite a long time uh, between um, uh, the previous series finishing and you having to wait for the, the next series. I guess. So um, in that aspect, I think, um, for me anyway, I was nowhere near as excited about uh, The Runaway Bride as I was for The Christmas Invasion.
9: I think it really came across to me as a placeholder episode. It felt like the series was just treading water. And uh, because we knew, okay, Billy Piper had just left in the final finale of season two. We knew Martha Jones is coming in the start of season three. We knew she's not going to be in The Runaway Bride. And yeah. It felt to me that nothing of consequence we knew in advance was going to happen. We weren't going to get mm. like companion.
8: everybody holding their
6: breath.
9: Yeah, we're we're not starting a, a new arc because we don't have the new companion yet. It's just like okay, here's sixty minutes of time to kill before the real season starts in March, and yeah. uh, I just kept wanting it, wanting this, the show to get on with it.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it never did.
9: And I well, I got They
10: tried to use they tried to make a point to have it as as closure for the doctor because at the end of Doomsday, we saw kind of the closure with Rose, with her, with her mom, with Mickey and everybody. You know, she she had that time to grieve yet when the doctor starts to grieve, you know, they throw Catherine Tate in there and then uh, trying to play to her strength of comedy when they, it looks like they, going back to the whole cobbled together thing, they threw something together to try to show that the doctor now has closure about Rose, that, Everything was so hurried and, uh, to me, poorly written. And it just didn't pull it off. I mean, the last scene when he finally admits, okay, her name was Rose and goes off, that's supposed to be our sense of closure for the doctor. So mm-hmm. now we can start fresh with Martha in uh, Episode 1 of Series 3.
9: And I was very glad almost? to see in just a little bit of uh, Episode 3, we did still have a little bit of – he hasn't got the full closure of Rose, just a few lines of dialogue in Smith & Jones that – I liked to mm. call back to that. It wasn't just, all of a sudden, he's over-rose.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, that's what I liked as well, if anything, about uh, The Runaway Bride, was the fact that he just didn't have time to grieve. And when the, even though, he, you know, the odd moment he would have time just to stop and think about things, you'd see he was really upset and really sad. And I think we're going to see this surface more in the series, certainly. I, I hope that's going to be the case. Um, that we're going to see um, the doctor grieving for Rose.
8: It was, oh, like, I gotta say, guys, it was like the rest of the series was holding its breath with the Runaway Bride, and when we finally get to Smith and Jones, we actually—it's it, almost like there's forward development again. It was sort of—he was just sort of hanging out there a little bit, not moving forward. But now we actually get on with the program.
9: Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt as well, and that's why I thought uh, Smith and Jones was such a such a better episode than Runaway Bride. You know, apart from the fact that. Catherine Tate appears at the end of Doomsday, you could skip Runaway Bride completely and just pick back up, but now you have, Mm -hmm. you can't skip it now because Catherine Tate appears (laughs) at the end of Doomsday and doesn't appear at the beginning of Smith and Jones, so if you're watching for continuity, you can't skip that episode, unfortunately.
7: Guys, I gotta say, I I, I, I gotta voice a tingly minority opinion here, because I actually quite liked the uh, Runaway Bride. And I think that the direction in Runaway Bride was way better than the direction in Smith & Jones. Because anytime you put something in Uris Lynn's hands, you're going to get a masterpiece. And I think that the first 30 minutes at least of Runaway Bride is some of the best Doctor Who that there's been in terms of direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think that it does provide a very important function in that it builds into the story of the Tenth Doctor A period of time in which he's traveling alone into which you can put a lot of other stories, including most importantly, to me at least, a lot of the comic stories that have been coming out in the past two or three months where you have the Doctor with various other companions. and You can build in this time maybe 20 years from now uh, a lot of stories when the Tenth Doctor is a past Doctor, and without Mm. Runaway Bride, you don't really have that.
5: I would agree with uh, Darth uh, Skeptical on uh, on liking the Runaway Bride. If you remember back in the scene with the wedding reception when the doctor is looking at everyone dancing, there's that sense, that emotional sense of loneliness where he really is starting to feel that Rose is missing. And I think if you don't have the Runaway Bride as that buffer you know, between Doomsday and then Smith and Jones, you would, you would just see Martha Jones jumping in and saying, oh, here we go. Doctor has another companion, he's already flirting with her, and, you know, you're moving on. So I kind of like that uh, Runaway Bride does kind of stand as that buffer zone of that emotional, you really get a sense that he's kind of still working things
8: out. I'm not really sure you need that, though. Go ahead.
5: I think there's that great moment at the end of The Runaway Bride where Donna tells the
2: Doctor that he needs someone. He says he doesn't need anyone. And then through to the start of Smith and Jones, you can see that he actually is looking for someone.
6: Yeah.
4: Exactly. Well, well he, he, right. he's evidently he obviously is looking for someone because he gives Donna the opportunity to come travel with him. If he wasn't looking for anyone, if he wanted to be on his own, he would never have given her that opportunity.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: I'm not really right. sure that you actually need that gap in there, though, is the problem, because we, we've had so many examples of the doctor leaving behind a companion at one point and then coming back and having another companion in the next episode. Uh, I think the passage of time to the, the regular viewer itself has given us enough time to accept Martha as a new companion.
6: Well, mm, that's it, true.
10: I, but I think they did this just because, in every, uh, I think in my in my recollection, I think the only time where the Doctor had a space of a span of time without any companions was with Tom Baker when he when he left Sarah Jane. Uh, at uh, the Hand of Fear. Deadly Assassin. Deadly Assassin. And then he came back with the face of evil with Leela. And, and when they've always done it, even with, uh, think of Pertly when uh, Joe Grant left, or when Liz Shaw left and Joe Grant came in, no, no attachment whatsoever. When Joe left at the end of Green Death and you get Sarah Jane, the Time Warrior, quick. I mean, there was no angst, no pain with the doctor. And I think this time they really, the whole purpose of The Runaway Bride was to try to show that closure. But, again, I just think they didn't pull it off that well. That's my only criticism, Because mm-hmm. I thought. It's, they, they want, Russell wanted to try something to show that closure, to show the loss of Rose. But, again, with the campy acting and, and, the, and the campy writing, uh, until the end where you kind of see, you know, he talks about Rose with that tearful, you know, kind of goodbye to Donna and takes off, that was their attempt at closure so that they could then go into uh, Series 3 with kind of a fresh start, even though you know, he still has her on her mind, but it wasn't that clean slate that we've always seen in the past. I, I,
5: think, I think, though, when you have the, the Runaway Bride, when you look at it time-wise, because it does happen in, in our lives, in the Christmas era, I, I think Russell T. Davis was focusing on it's the Christmas season. You have to have some kind of you know, uh, joyous, you know, the Doctor hitting the TARDIS button and snows at the end. I thought that was very campy, but I think uh, Russell T. Davies was kind of playing that off on the audience of, uh, I want to give the audience what they want, but at the same time, I want to make it a little bit more fun and uh, Christmassy special-like. And I, that's how I... I almost see it as almost not canon, but just like an entertainment Doctor Who episode, as as people have said already, just to get us into season three, to kind of whet our appetite to say, hey... Doctor Who hasn't fallen off the map. This is, you know, take this episode. It's Christmas time. Think about the new episodes coming in the future, and then we'll move on. So that, that's how I kind of look
7: at it.
8: Right? I have so to much say, exactly it's what it's I thought. Yeah, it's really nice to have a season premiere that is much better than last season's premiere because I was so disappointed with New Earth.
9: Yeah, I would agree. with Absolutely
4: agree. I would agree.
9: And I, I would also say to me it was a better introduction of a new companion episode than even Rose was. Oh absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Ro- and, and, and Rose, Rose also special- had Rose also had the, the the bad luck to have to introduce not only a companion but a new doctor as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Smith and Jones. But
4: Rose Rose was also special Doctor Who. Rose was also a special case because they were introducing mm-hmm. a whole generation of people to Doctor Who as well. Um, so what Rose had to do, I think it did it very effectively. I think yeah. um, I think uh, New Earth suffered greatly by having a story that didn't work logically. But what it had to do was set up a, a a very wide story arc, where you only get the payoff right at the end, where you see the separation of the Doctor and, and Rose. You see this. Beginning of this, this really close relationship And that's what that kicked off as the, the whole purpose of New Earth was But you had this illogical um, Story that's sitting In the beginning that, and, and that's what turned people off I think for the first time We've had probably a very 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 strong episode As a season kickoff. Um, off It was a think- very fast change
2: do you think rose would have worked better as a longer episode sort of like one of the christmas specials at least an hour long because it seemed like just as things started you know building momentum it had to all come to an
4: end i, I think certainly on the end i of think it are done oh, as a two-parter. yeah mm.
10: i agree but again as a pilot episode you, you gotta remember it was uh 12 years or you know or 10 years since the doctor was actually on any kind of tv uh and but well, I think if you see any pilot episode, if you go back to see the pilot episodes of any series, they're not the best you know, in the world because they're trying to start things off. And that's what Rose did. But I think Rose, again, was developing, like, like everybody says, developing that character and, and introducing her more than having the Doctor come in. You talk about the Doctor. You talk about Gallifrey. You talk about his past. You know, They're talking about this, this young girl who kind of gets thrown into this world of chaos and excitement and action and, and develops her storyline to then lead the series down the path that Russell T Davies chose
8: to do, in Series 1. See, I, I, I guess I'm just at a loss because I had such a better reaction to Rose than I think most people did. Um, I mean, it just, I think it did it so brilliantly that it reintroduced the concept of Doctor Who and the character of the Doctor exclusively through Rose's eyes. Whereas exactly. New Earth... The problem that I had with New Earth was that it felt inconsequential versus Rose being very consequential. And I think the, the best part about Smith and Jones is we have a new season. We have a brand new season premiere with a brand new companion that, that doesn't try to recapture exactly what happened with Rose. You know, we didn't have these longing shots of inside the TARDIS and, and reintroducing the, you know, the bigger on the inside than outside. Uh, they were able to skip all of that and still have enough time to introduce her um, as integral to the story.
9: And not only skip it, but also parody it a little bit with, uh, like, the doctor. Exactly. And mock surprised, oh, I have never noticed that it's bigger on the inside than the outside. <laughs>
6: yeah. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was called that.
1: that was oh, yeah. absolutely That was really good, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought with this one that it's also um, treating its audience with more intelligence, like, for example, having the very beginning bit with the doctor coming up with his tie and going, like so, and then walking off and having you think, what? And then actually <laughs> explaining it at the end and realizing you'd be smart enough to work out that that was him right at the beginning. Oh,
10: that, that was a brilliant, brilliant yeah.
9: piece of writing. Yeah, that, that was, was good.
1: And was was very
4: good. It, it, um, yesterday, well, last night when, when they showed, I was at the um, London Lords party, and every single person sat there at that particular moment and said, what did he say? What What was yeah, that? Yeah, I
3: was like that because he said it so quickly, <laughs> and I was just wondering what on earth did he say? And...
4: And, and, and as soon then as as right at, at the end, end, right at the end, everyone goes,
6: Ah, oh, I get <laughs> it now.
3: But as soon as as soon as I heard him say in in bed, you know, that wasn't me. I've been here all morning. Ask the nurses. I knew that that somewhere later in the series, he, that must be explained.
2: Yeah, because it well, was and so random. Traveler, yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah, it was so random So, you know, I, I was I was kind of hoping that they would Leave it and wait until later on In the series to have that And then that would just be the most random and funny thing ever But it still was very good <laughs> and very clever
8: mm-hmm. yeah. I think the only thing That I was disappointed with in Was the portrayal of Martha's family It just, after having so much development With Jackie and Pete, Tyler and Mickey I think I think they were just I, They almost felt like they were tacked on at the last minute And I could but, have really done without them
6: well, but how, isn't how
9: that the whole? how much development did Jackie get in the yeah.
1: pilot episode? Nobody liked them at the very beginning, did they? Oh, right. they absolutely. They sort of really came out. I think absolutely. I'm, I'm trying
8: just trying saying it's it. still tacked on. Well, but
10: I'm
1: isn't
8: it a
10: brief, a brief introduction, just a real quick introduction, of a brief glimpse into Martha's life, and then I think as we see the series through, we're going to see more and more of them.
5: Do you think they're going to be joining uh, the series more like Jackie did, and and just yeah, but, go on the TARDIS with the with
3: the
2: Doctor? Well, I don't know about that, but they're going to be, we're going to be seeing them throughout the whole entire series, sort of like okay. Jackie and 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 um, Mickey and.
3: Mickey. I'm sure, but I personally, this is just my opinion here, and I, I don't know obviously, but I personally think that that they will be, as um, Sean puts it, sort of like tacked on, because I think. that that it makes sense to me because isn't that the whole reason why um martha decides to go with the doctor is that her family is just completely crazy and she needs to escape and it's a good reason for her to to go away whenever she when she's talking about going with him and, and you know she says well i can't i've got important things to do i've got to pay the rent she doesn't mention her family she doesn't you know, she's sick of being the one who has to mediate and who has to be in the middle and who has to sort them all out because it's just a complete mess. My take on it was that that was the whole reason she was going with the doctor to escape and to experience something new and you know get away from it all, basically. I guess
4: my feeling is exactly the same as um, uh, as what James is saying, and I think um, I, I think the family, apart from being um, something that she needs to escape from. I think the only time they'll ever use the family is just to root her back in the present. Um, And Jackie was a device to do that for Rose. And I think if if there's one thing that we've learned about Russell T. Davies is that he doesn't mess with a formula that he sees that has worked. And I just
8: just wish they wouldn't replace the formula. That's the problem. We had the whole family thing. We We got the whole thing back to earth and that's a problem i mean i that's i think the only thing that i can honestly say about smith and jones i don't like is it just feels like rose part two the doctor's
6: not
2: supposed to do domestic and it doesn't seem like the case anymore it just
3: seems like he's always gonna have luggage with
2: every every companion
3: but also i guess people don't like the families because i think pretty much everybody here can say that they're sick of the biggest thing whenever i talk to doctor who fans is that they're sick and tired of earth stories And when you see the family, you just think, you just think, oh my God, we're going to be going back to Earth so much now. Because as everyone said, they're a tie back to Earth. They're a reason why Martha will always be going back to Earth and why the Doctor will always be going back to Earth. And we want to see more space stories. We want to see more foreign planets and aliens and stuff. And, you know, in that aspect, um, I did like uh, the stories, even New Earth, where, okay, it was a bit of a weak story and it wasn't the best opener to the series, but at least they went to a different planet and you got to see some aliens and, you know, stuff like that. Whereas I think it's just been a lot of the same as you, as you write the same formula, but, you know, slightly uh, different.
10: Well, the question I, is what, really I mean, Russell T. I
4: Davies has said, uh, Russell T. Davies has said, and he said right in the beginning, that... um uh, why does the Doctor keep coming back to Earth? Well, he had to give them, give him a reason to keep coming back to Earth. And, um, you know, Jackie was the device to do that. To Because if you look in the classic series, why does he kick about Earth all the time? Sometimes we don't
8: know. Mm. Well, and that's the point. We never actually needed a reason, so why do we need one now? He doesn't need a reason to keep coming back to Earth. We know it's his favorite planet. Just get on with it and go somewhere else, for God's sake.
10: Yeah,
6: yeah. yeah I agree. Are they going to
10: repeat, you know, like with Aliens of London when, when the doctor brought Rose back and it was, you know, 12 months later? How are they going to play that out this time? now we got, we got a young medical student who's, you know, where uh, Rose was basically, you know, a young kid out of high school or dropping out of high school, working at a, a department store. And when she was missed, she was basically missed by her mother. Now we have a, a, a medical student who's trying to base her career as she's jumping back into TARDIS. And the doctor said, I can bring you back in time. Are we going to go through that whole Aliens of London thing again? You know, are we? Is that you know? Are we going to do that? Is it going to be Aliens of London Part Two when she comes back, or is he actually going to get her back here in a, in a reasonable amount of time that her life isn't, that her family life isn't disturbed? And I think that's where he's trying to use a new plot tool. I do think we will see them come back. Uh, I mean, we know
2: we'll see them come back, but we'll see an episode before, probably before the, the middle of the season. That'll bring them back and give us a better introduction to those people. I I kind of agree with the fact that uh, it was kind of a hasty introduction. And maybe uh, in Smith and Jones, we would have done better not seeing the family right now, but seeing them when Martha returns to Earth eventually. I was
3: was watching um, a clip on YouTube uh, with the, the Charlotte Church show a couple of months ago, and they were doing a skit about Doctor Who. And they were saying, you know, um, Charlotte Church was playing the companion and they had some random bloke playing the doctor. And uh, they were saying they were just sat in Cardiff looking really bored. And she says, what's this episode all about then? And the doctor says, well, you know, this is one of the episodes where we talk about relationships or whatever, because we've run out of money for special effects.
6: (laughs) That's the kind of
3: episode that we're going to see with the family coming back and, you know, that he then says, you know, your gran died, you know, and she just sat there going, I wish we could go to foreign, uh, you know, to other planets. And then she starts crying and says, but I bloody love my grand. And he's like, yeah, that's the spirit. <laughs> so It's just really funny. I think, you know, that it just, it does seem whenever they do go back to earth with the family or anything, it is just tacked on and it's just, you know, it doesn't seem like a great episode in its own right. It's just there for the sake of, of being a filler of being as what we seem to have been calling this, uh, in this podcast, uh, The Runaway Bride, the filler episode.
2: I don't know. Going back two years to, to Aliens of London, uh, my favorite part of that story was the family stuff and not the alien invasion. So maybe that's just me.
6: Well, but hopefully there are other that people
9: that liked it too. I was going to say <laughs> yeah. Father's Day was one of my favorites of the first series, and that doesn't yeah. you don't get much more family-based than that episode. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, yeah, I, I so. suppose
3: there are anomalies, but um, I was thinking well, <laughs> like Boomtown and things like that, where oh, sure. you know,
7: and don't mess with Boomtown. That's that's not, great yeah, I was going to say
8: Boomtown is brilliant. <laughs> not
7: with that Seriously, but here's the thing: if you did not have the Family Development in the first two series, would Doomsday have been as great an episode and as great an ending no. as it was? Of no. course, and so not. You, of course and not. It, and you gotta have it. And the thing that, that shows me some promise about this new series is the fact that there are. More than one sibling, and that there's a father and a mother and whatever you're going to call it, a lover, I guess. There's something there that Secretary, you can do. Um, yeah, there you go. That you can do much more layering of character with than just having Jackie and Thank Mickey, and they and my, we don't know where guys, these characters my problem are going is. yet.
8: My problem is, do we actually need that? We've got the Doctor, we've got a companion, we're getting Jack back eventually this season, thank God. Mm -hmm. Do we actually need all of these other characters to develop, or can't it just be about these two characters, or three characters, going out and having adventures? This is my problem with it, is that I don't really care about the rest of the family. (laughs) I think if you don't don't try to force the
9: entire family into every episode, I think that gives you a larger palette from which to paint. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. one of my favorite non-Doctor Who shows is Twin Peaks. Huge right. cast of characters. They don't all appear in every episode, but it gives you a bigger, a bigger overall canvas. Yeah, yeah but it's only is Doctor Who.
8: Right? We've got our one character. We have the companion. Let's just go out and do with those two characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we're going yeah, really
2: to... What gonna about the, the, the individual part. member of that family I think, I, think, I think the
9: danger, the danger of that, if you just send the doctor and the Companion out to a different place, then it becomes a monster of the week show. Exactly. And I don't necessarily but, know that that's, I don't know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I like the character stuff. I like it, you know, I don't mind when they come to Earth and spend <coughs> the whole time saving the planet yet again. I don't care if we don't leave Earth, if the, if the overall story is good, and if we're mm-hmm. just if we're moving along each week towards something larger. I like the mm. Russell T. Davies arcs, really. I like the way they build and you learn more, and then we have the big thing at the end. If he mm. does it again this season, it's perfectly fine with me. I think it's a formula that works.
6: But it seems right, that, I, whole... I think with this whole... Sorry, sorry, go on. It, sorry. I think
4: if Newer taught us anything, is that they... Russell T. Davies doesn't do anything for a reason. And sometimes you have to look for the subtleties in the story, and then apply that to the wider story arc. And I agree with Joe 100% in that I I enjoy T. Davies the the wide story arc. I love the payoffs in the end. I think they're fantastic. I think
3: but it's getting that, there. That's the problem.
4: Yeah. Sometimes it, sometimes it can be a bit convoluted to get there. But you know, it's perfectly valid to say that people say, well, I'm kind of sick of the the character development of these third-party characters, if you want to call them that. But if you Mm. look at the the character development of Mickey, you get this wonderful payoff right in the end where you 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 have Action Man Mickey and everyone's sort of gone, he's gone from Mickey the Idiot Boy to, you know, Action Man Mickey. Fantastic. So I think Mm, sometimes... sorry go on
3: no i was going to say i completely agree with you because i hated mickey and by the end i loved him sorry that's all i wanted to say go on paul
4: yeah yeah you don't always realize we have to to...
9: over exactly
4: that's what i was just going to say yeah yeah and and
8: i i think sometimes we just gotta we just gotta cut him a little bit of slack
6: yeah Yeah. I, i
8: think that's great i think that's great i'm just saying we've done that already in the last two years and i'm thinking it's time for something a little bit different and to me uh, Martha's family just feels like you're taking another trip to the well. I'd like to see them do something a little bit different with Martha going out, not having contact with family, et cetera. Because for twenty six years this show got away with not having any contact like that with Earth, you know, except for like unit and whatnot. But
10: Martha back, you know, where they left her off. I'd like to see that where she, you know, she goes on all these wonderful adventures for a season, two season, three season, and then is dropped back off you know, six minutes after she
8: left. That would be great.
10: And then, you know, so they see her as she aged a year or two and came back like, whoa, where, you know, where am I going or what am I doing now? That's what I would like to see this, this head towards instead of, the, mm. you know, oh, I'm 12 months out and, you know, we see the implications of time traveling with the doctor. I'd like to see him not make that mistake. This time, time. to actually land and get somebody back where they belong.
8: I'm seeing Ben Jackson Jackson running back to his ship at the end of, what was it, season five? Yes, the first ones. The first ones, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think so long as it's intelligently done, it doesn't matter that much. Because remember, okay, we didn't really know about Rose's family, but it did make for an absolutely fantastic season finale in season two where all these different people had different threads that were all coming together, and you cared about what happened to them. So as long as it's intelligently done, I don't have too many fears about it.
9: I would agree. Mm. And I also think that we're in a different era of science fiction television. Uh, You know, in the wake of things like the new Battlestar Galactica, people expect extensive character development. They don't just expect special effects. And I like the fact that we're getting a lot of that, maybe too much, Mm. some would argue, in the new Doctor Who. It's not all just running around time-traveling. We are getting to know these people better than I think we ever did the, the old series.
6: Of course. I
8: would, just I, mean, argue, I would just argue that more characters does not necessarily translate to more character development. Sometimes it's quite the opposite.
9: Okay, very true. Point taken. I think
2: that's a great point. And although I don't think that Doctor Who's competition is Battlestar Galactica, I think the competition is shameless and shows like that, modern character drama. And that's the standard that Doctor Who has to meet. But it's not even so much about science fiction to me. It's, doctor, you know, the show has it's about the characters show yeah. that a mainstream audience can relate to, not that a science yeah. fiction fan can relate to.
6: You
3: don't get like it, it 7, very well. 8 million viewers watching every week if it's just a sci-fi show, if it's just like Star Trek Absolutely. or something like that, because right. it won't appeal to people, and it won't win you know, the BAFTA for the best drama, because it won't be classed as a drama anymore, I guess. Um, it'll be classed exactly as something true. else.
6: Well,
4: we were having this discussion the other night. You know, people that were there aren't sci-fi fans. Not all of them are sci-fi fans, and and they don't class Doctor Who as sci-fi. They they don't they class it as you know action adventure or or action drama or you know adventure drama. You know that that's the sort of genre that they're, that they class it as. And if you actually look at it, I don't think Doctor Who is sci-fi anyway. I mean. No I don't think it ever pretends to be based in hard science. You know <laughs> it, it it doesn't pretend to
8: be something that it's not. Right. The interesting thing though is that it looks like what Russell's done is taken the I guess taken to heart the idea that there hasn't been enough necessarily science fiction or off planet adventures or, or whatnot. And it looks like he's moving a little bit in the opposite direction with this season. What little I've been able to, to learn, and I've, I've kind of kept in the dark purposely this year, is that we're, we're actually having more off-planet adventures. We're actually going to other locations, which is a really nice uh, refreshing change. Yeah. I think
4: they're learning. They're
2: learning how, how to produce the show on the, the dime they have and how to get the most out of that dime.
6: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Time
9: passes. Uh, I'd mean, mm. be happy just to see more non London Cardiff episode you know i know <laughs> yes. we i know we're going to new york this season and you know yeah that's that, going to be that's awesome. exciting for me you know
6: yeah just not, not
9: I the mean, same city block <laughs>
3: from the same thing on the charlotte church show they were saying they popped out of the tARDIS which in this instance was a you know a red telephone box a classic british red telephone box and she says cardiff I live in bloody Cardiff. I could have taken a bus. I don't need a bloody Cardiff <laughs> and all this. It was really funny. So, yeah, I would like to see that as well. It's just more, maybe not even other worlds, but certainly more exotic locations would be a nice thing. I
8: think.
6: And, and we do have yeah, to agree. I
10: think it's, I think awesome. it's just great. Charlotte Church
8: got a chance to be a Doctor Who companion, but
6: <laughs> 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 we have more.
2: We have more traveling to Earth's past than we've had at any time since the 60s with the show now. And a ton of that coming this year. So even if it is sometimes London, like uh, next week, uh, it's, it's a different London. It's not modern day. So
8: we are still right. getting
2: different, different things.
4: Mm. Gents, can I, can I just jump in there? I've only, I'm only allowed to play for another five minutes, and then I have to leave. So <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my free pass has expired. Can I quickly just, just give my part. summary of the episode? Yeah, sure, please do. Uh, yeah um i think I think it was a really strong um, beginning of the season. I think we 're seeing a new companion that has the potential to be very different relationship wise to the doctor um, and i 'm really hoping that 's how her character development goes and progresses i um, 'm mm. hoping that we're for what it looks like is we 're going to have more conflict between the doctor and and his companion and who knows rose. It may have gone that way with Rose had Billy not decided to leave, but they had to, to build for the, for the payoff in, in, in season two. And I think we had, we had an episode where we had a lot of running down corridors and things like that, like real classic stuff that people love that really build the excitement and give it a really big feel, you know. Um, and a, a lot of, a, a, and for the first time, I feel we had a, an episode that was fast-paced and logical. It, it really made logical sense to me why things were doing things the way they were, and they explained things. So if, in the past, um, when we've had episodes similar to this, I think they've left out finer details that haven't explained things. So, for example, the rain was going upwards instead of down. They explained why they pulled the, uh, pulled the, the, um, uh, the hospital often put it on to uh, the moon. They explained why why the rain was going upside down. They explained those things, and it was really nice and logical and neat. Um, I'm not going to say it was a fabulous, fantastic episode, but I think it was a very strong, far stronger than than New Earth. I'm even going to say it's far stronger than um, Rose. Uh, My fear was that it was going to be another Rose, or it was going to be another... Um, episode one of Torchwood, where we go through this long exposition of introduction. We didn't get that. We got straight into the story. It was great. The monsters were fantastic. And if I'm going to give it a rating, I'd give it probably a three out of five. Ah,
3: okay. So Thanks for your opinion, mate.
4: And I will let you all have have a lovely evening. I'm going off to try and salvage my marriage.
3: So, oh, well.
4: <laughs> thank you.
6: Cheers, Paul. See,
4: bu- See you guys. Well, See you thank later, you so man. much for being here. Oh. We'll have you back. No problem. It was a pleasure. I love coming on your show.
6: Okay. <laughs>
3: Welcome for any
6: Bye. Cheers.
3: So as we're kind of giving a um, wrap-up uh, <laughs> of what people are thinking... Um, I want to know because this is something that I was really interested in, having seen the um, sort of preview uh, for the next for this series at the end of the last, um, well, or Runaway Bride. I want to know what people thought of the Judoon. You know, because my fear was, you know, I, when I first saw the preview, I thought, great, the Santarans are coming back. Until I looked closely and saw, well, they're not really the Santarans, are they? So. I don't know. Do you think this is maybe borrowing a bit too much from the, from the past of Doctor Who or Well, um...
2: perhaps they're just using the same tailor, but... <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I think,
2: yeah, I think there are enough differences so that they're not exactly, you know... I, I um, Mike, not Mike Duran, but Mike, um, who's also a regular on our forums, um, had made a mention that um, it's sort of like the Vogons, and I said, yeah, without the bad poetry, though. <laughs> so...
6: <laughs> it's,
2: I, I think it's a, it's good to see. The only, I, I guess my only problem was that the doctor already knew about them, and it would be nice to see the doctor kind of discovering new aliens and not knowing everything all the time. And once again, he knew exactly who they were and was able to explain them. And it would just be nice to sometimes have the doctor work out things on his own. I think we were talking about this at a, a, during one of our recent podcasts. I'm not sure if it's gone out yet. So uh, that was my only um, issue with that. Mm. But I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. I thought they were um they look fantastic. Obviously the, they were wearing, the others were wearing helmets because they couldn't afford to do, you know, prosthetic masks. Yeah, that was the main
3: obvious thing I was thinking <laughs> at the time is, oh, well, they could only afford one head thing then,
6: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. I mean, you know, obviously we knew that but it was still enjoyable and I thought it was, um you know, it, it's good to see different looking aliens, even though it seems like the new Doctor Who is um, adapting, like, anim- Earth animals into aliens, like we're going to have of, like pig creatures again, and um, <laughs> there's a lot of farm animals, or I don't know. There's,
9: yeah, there's... people in New Earth.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, and we're going we seeing them again too in the series.
9: Yep. Yeah, that's gonna be great.
6: But then, big...
2: but we also have the face bow and some other, you know, tree people, but you know, so I, I can't say that they're all animals, they're all Earth-based animals. But mm.
7: well, what I think I particularly enjoyed about the Jadoon is that they're building on this sort of tenuous thread. That's sort of subtle in the background of modern Doctor Who where there is some body of galactic law, and we, we see it in Christmas Invasion and we see it in Rose, that there's some sort of organizing legal principle running through the modern Doctor Who galaxy. And it's nice to see that confirmed, even though we're not getting into a lot of details, and we probably never will, but it suggests that there is some kind of coherent universe that's being built, which is interesting.
9: <laughs> I, like, I liked it as well. I like, I like the fact, uh, the concept of a a group of creatures that live strictly by law, and they're impartial enough to know whether or not you're breaking the law and to take action on that.
3: Yeah. Mm. Even if it was a bit kind of over the top when he shot the poor guy just for smashing the vase over the guy's helmet. Sure. Did he- I
9: didn't say I want to live under that system.
3: <laughs> I don't <like> the
6: <laughs>
3: but it was nice to see it. Yeah, it was, it was Actually-
8: fun. That was the funniest part of the episode, I think, actually, when he like, well, you know, Justin <laughs>
6: Swift. was great. Yeah,
3: it was very funny, of course. Uh, it's always good when people die in Doctor Who, I think. that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's so rare. Something. It's rare, but when it happens, it's just, you know, like, great, this is what you want to see. As a kid, that's what I really look forward to. It probably says a lot about my uh, childhood and my psyche and whatnot, but... That's the kind of thing that I always enjoyed, and uh, Mm. particularly when, you know, rubbish companions die off like Adric, Um, (laughs) but we won't go there. But what I thought was the most scariest part of the whole thing was the whole straw thing going on. That just creeped me out. Oh, look, I even brought a straw. Oh, my God, if you're going to suck his blood, that's fair enough, but through
6: a straw. Oh,
5: um. I, I thought that was very well done in that you didn't have to have a high-tech, you know, special teeth coming out. Or she just used a simple little prop with, you know, a little straw. And you just thought, like, oh, my God, that is pretty nasty. I liked that. Yeah. I that was well done. I thought that was well done. I'll never <laughs>
1: look at straws in the same way again. <laughs> I really liked, it was very well performed by Anne Reed though, because, I mean, she, came, she brought a, a sort of an innocent-looking character that could have just sat, looked really stupid. And she actually gave it a lot of malevolence. I mean, when she came towards him with that straw, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to be there. I didn't want it to run. Yeah, me
2: too. You can just imagine imagine all the kids tomorrow morning playing with their bendy straps.
10: It made it friendly for the kids, too. It still gave them the suspense rather than the gore and violence, you know, that could have possibly been there. It made it, you know for the kids, you know, getting behind the couch again. Oh, here comes somebody! Here comes Grandma with a straw. Watch out!
6: Yeah, <laughs>
3: God no, that that'd be terrible. With
6: the to...
9: straw with your Pepsi. <laughs> I can hear my kids after they see this episode, Daddy. He's gonna suck my blood again. <laughs> <laughs>
7: but you know, you know. Speaking of the kids, I think one of the other interesting aspects of the episode is that it's a return to educational Doctor Who. Because there were a lot of very interesting name checks that went on in the episode. You had Hippocrates mentioned at the start of it. You had uh, a name check of Benjamin Franklin, which I loved. Uh, And then you had the very quick little thing, which was very, very cool, where um, Martha asked him flippantly after he's told her about the science screwdriver, what else do you have? Uh, A laser spanner? And he says, "Uh, yeah, but you know that cheeky little girl, Emily Pankhurst took it away from me. And, of course, that's a great, perfect reference because Emily Pankhurst, of course, is the, the founder of um, modern uh, British suffrage movement. And she would, of course, thrown a spanner into the works of English democracy. So I, I just, I just love that there were little edu- – and the bigger educational thing, I think, is that the Jadun are not the evil beings. And in the in- in- in the, yet yeah, they look like they're the, the enemy, mm. but they're really not. I just yeah, I like there was that a that lot thing. of really cool exactly. stuff for kids there that, make, that will make kids think. I think it's cool.
6: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very cool.
7: We can go around and and everyone can give their
2: um, summary of the episode and how they felt about it. But I also like to just interject that this was really, um, as Rose was, the episode Rose was Rose's episode, this is really Martha's episode. And, um, it gave a chance to introduce the character And um, so In your summary if you could just summarize how you feel About this new companion And, and, and how it's going to work out uh, Personally I, I really enjoyed her And I, I, I think there's a nice Chemistry there And um, it's interesting because I, I felt uh, Freeman Adjerman when you have seen her Off screen is very much Different than Martha Jones and, uh, um, and I think she as an actress really Pulled it off quite well Sean, how about you start the ball rolling with us?
8: I, I really enjoyed the episode. I, I have to say it was, much, it was a much different uh, beginning to the season than last year. The problem I had with last year was it, it just felt too silly. And this one, I think it abandoned the silliness pretty, pretty early on, um, especially when we thought that there was some real danger and malevolence coming from Anne Reed's character. But what I was really excited about was to see a relationship that didn't feel forced. I, I kind of had felt at the beginning that the, the Rose and Doctor relationship had been forced at the beginning of, of the first series. And this one almost felt really natural and very logical mm-hmm. to me. It just seemed that these were two people that kind of caught each other's eye, but, but they were sort of stuck in the middle of the same situation and uh, really learned how to, to become a team and a pair. And it just felt like Martha really contributed to what the Doctor was doing. I thought it was a really great opener for the season.
2: Mm. Mm. Uh, would you? How many Tardis groans would you give it out of five?
8: Oh, you know, I have to say four. I'd say it wasn't perfect. I, I guess I'm a little bit more critical of of Doctor Who these days, but uh, I definitely was was something mm-hmm. that I would watch again and something that I'd enjoy.
2: Oh, very good, uh, Mike. Um, I thought it was. You know, I, I really thought it was a solid and consistent opener. There was nothing that sort of nothing spine tingling, nothing that would be a 10 out of 10 for me. But there was nothing that really bothered me about it either. Uh, it, was, it was very much a checklist uh, for Martha to, to prove her worthiness as a companion and to uh, you know, legitimize her as the, as the new sidekick. And I think that especially for an audience with, without a long history with Doctor Who that hasn't seen change after change after change, it really succeeds in doing it. It succeeds in justifying why Marsha. Sorry, Martha should be the new companion. <laughs> and and really, contrasts are. Looking back on Runaway Bride, it really there's direct contrasts there. Some might think too uh, too thickly painted between Donna and Martha, the way that Martha knows exactly what's going on. She's been paying attention. It'd be hard not to. But it, you know, as we saw, that Donna didn't didn't know what'd been going on in recent years. Uh, and I think that's the mission of the episode, and it succeeds. But it does that also with some some cool new aliens some great effects, some cool characters, Anne Reed and uh, Roy Martin as, as guest stars. And, and so, yeah, so I think for me it succeeds on every level and doesn't really have any downsides. I think Paul mentioned before he left, there are no plot holes. Uh, we've had some great episodes where uh, they're fast-paced, chase-arounds, uh, but when you, when you unravel it, it doesn't quite make sense. This time that didn't happen. So uh, a, a solid opener. Definitely, I think, the, the best individual episode of the three series openers I, I still give Rose a lot of credit because Rose had to accomplish something that was you know, perhaps impossible. Uh, but here they've, uh, you know, they, they also had a pretty tough job and, uh, and, and did a great job. I'm inclined to give it a three and a half out of five because, well, we've got 12 more episodes to go. And I think if I dish out a four out of five right now, uh, I don't have enough room to go up. So <laughs> I'd give it a three and a half out of five
4: because uh, we have so much more to see this year.
6: Yeah,
2: I, I think someone in our forums had mentioned um, one little minor plot hole was that um, the female alien, I, I can't re- the, remember what her name is. Um, I mean, she could have just easily just taken a instead of sucking the blood out of someone to, um, to appear human. He could, she could have just easily put a, red, uh, a black marker and put a, a, you know, a mark on her, on, on her hands, <laughs> and they would just think that they really scanned her. But then they'll have to scan her and find out that she wasn't human. I would think she needs to uh, absorb that blood to give to the scanning machine.
1: And how many times? Yeah, no, have no. You like... I'm just
2: saying they've been you walking yourself... the palms, the back of palms. If she, if someone, if she, she was just able to take a marker and put an X ah. there, they might have just passed her by.
1: Oh. Yeah, but how often in life do you find yourself looking for a black marker when you need it and you've not got
2: one? <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a police <laughs> constable, huh? I think I think we can always find there. There can always be things we can pick at, but I don't think there's anything here that directly contradicts itself within the story. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, mm.
6: We could
2: we could start searching for questions like how does the hospital get its electricity and this and this and that, and, and it could never. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. In the end, yeah. stuff matters. I, I that's why I said it was just a little minor thing
6: that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the the rest of the series. It's 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 always tough with that weight, so I. Uh, you know, starting off on
6: a, on a good foot is, is important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Actually, when I was first watching it, I thought that, that I didn't realize it was just an X. I thought it was so, some sort of like coded that was shaped like an X, and it was, you know, I to be honest with you. So I was kind of surprised later on when you actually saw it was just a black X. But yeah, the hero of that.
6: <laughs> so,
2: um, Ron, how about you?
5: Yeah, I have, I'm laughing along here in that uh, my wife was the one who made the comment about the X on the hand, and I wanted to... Oh, okay.
2: I, I'm sorry. I couldn't remember oh, okay. who it was.
5: That's okay. I didn't want to jump in the middle of the uh, of the discussion. My wife is not a Doctor Who fan. In fact, she despises classic Doctor Who, but she does like the new series. And I think, um, from what I'm hearing from her, she likes the character development. She loves David Tennant. Um, I, I hear a lot of the women like David Tennant. What I liked about the show you know, myself is that... It, it kind of grounded itself. It seemed to me that there was a lot that was going on in the episode. It wasn't just simply, you know, uh, the doctor running through the halls and nailings always chasing him. I like the fact that he was screening Martha. He was kind of testing her just to see if he wanted to ask her and invite her along on his adventures, um, you know, in, in future episodes. And I, I like that semblance going on there. I, I do agree that some of the family stuff was a little over the top, but, Knowing how the last two seasons or two series, you know, seasons have gone, I can see that there are going to be these stories that get drawn back to Earth. And I look at it from an economical point of view in that there's only so much money in the coffins for an episode. And I would I would much rather, um, you know, an episode take place in regard to character development and a little bit of special effects instead of that whole Love and Monsters fiasco. I hated that episode. That was terrible. So I would rather see the family in on something that takes place in Cardiff than seeing, you know, nothing at all, um, really, in my opinion, dealing with Doctor Who. So I, I don't know where they're going to go in the future with that, but with this first episode for, for this series, Series 3, and looking back at New Earth, um, I think this is a stronger episode. I like the character development. I like the fact that the writers kind of did tip off the hat um back to rose you know that the doctor's still thinking about her i like the character development of the doctor being uh, strengthened that it's not simply well let me kick this you know person out and she's gone we're never going to see her again and oh here's somebody else and let's just go on these adventures and forget about it and to me a lot of the classic series was a lot of like in companion out companion and you know in and out in and out and just revolving door. You never knew who was going to be in the you know, the, the TARDIS at any time and I, I like the fact that there's there's more emotional ties. The doctor is appearing to be I don't want to use the word human, but has that emotional uh, grounding. So I, I did enjoy the episode and while we were watching it, my wife at one point when she tapped me on the on the hand, she's like, Why don't they just find a black marker and write on their hand? You know, and I'm just looking like, Oh <laughs> the aliens and all this stuff's going on and she mentioned that and I'm like, Oh, I hadn't thought about that <laughs> But, uh, you know, I guess from seeing, uh, from her point of view, she's a big fan of Battlestar Galactica, um, and she'll, you know, she's into The Sopranos and a whole bunch, you know, The West Wing and, you know, dramas of that, you know, of nature, and for her to sit down and watch Dr. Who, she's looking at it from a totally different perspective than, let's say, you know, myself, who's, you know, I've been watching Dr. Who from the 80s, so um, it is interesting to get that other point of view of, of hearing uh, an objective, you know, what that you know, what's someone else who isn't a big fan of Doctor Who, whether they would like it or not. And I think it comes down to, at the end of the day, um, you have to draw from the general populace, not just the science fiction and fantasy fans. You also have to kind of cater to a larger audience or the series probably isn't going to last. So I am hoping that I don't mind if they stay on Earth. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing the next episode with Shakespeare. I don't mind if they try, uh, time travel on Earth. I do get a little frustrated if they just stick either to London or to Cardiff. So I'm, I'm hoping that the, the episodes do branch out, at least from what I'm seeing from the titles of uh, the episodes, that we are going to see a little bit different than what we've had in the last two series. So I'm, I'm looking optimistic. The only thing that I did not like, and this is minor is um i did not like the kiss factor i'm getting a little frustrated with there's always some kind of semi-romance kind of toying around that kind of bothers me and that with the doctor his character the way it's being drawn i would have liked something just goofy if he would have licked her nose or if he would have done something just something goofy that you know he had done with taking off his shoes and running through the series the kiss thing and her kind of looking at him later when in the TARDIS, like, well, I really wouldn't want to be with you, but I kind of do. I, I, I'm getting a little tired of that. I, I just, you know, I, I, I hope they don't really try to replace Rose as a romantic interest. I would like to see Martha be a character that's more of a negotiator, as she's been shown in this first episode. Um, she's smart. She's witty. She's got a lot going for her, and I'm hoping that she is a strong character who's going to be negotiating things through the episodes Kind of maybe pulling the doctor out of some trouble Instead of always getting into trouble Running down the carter screaming Oh my, the aliens are coming to get me I'm hoping we don't see that So I'm remaining optimistic I'm going to give it three and a half TARDIS groans I also agree that, you know, it's the first episode in the the series I want to leave room for the others It was solid and it was good But I wouldn't give it a a four out of five And uh, gentlemen, my three-year-old is going to be banging my door down So I have to... uh, jump offline at this point.
2: All right. Well, All so right, thank you so you. much for being here
5: and oh, being a part you know, of the,
2: the roundtable. Sure, yeah.
5: Thank you so much, and uh, you know, thank you.
2: Yes, looking forward to having Cheers. you back.
5: Okay, thank you. Moving along, Doss.
7: Ah, yes. Just to start off with four out of five. I don't really care so much about what comes after this in terms of being able to rate this one. I think it, it will probably stand up to be a four out of five. I... Very much enjoyed the attention to detail throughout the entire episode. Little, little things like the historical comments that I mentioned before, but also things like a reference back to New Earth where he sees the shop and says, Oh, I'd love to have a good shop in a in a in a hospital. The little, you know, tie in with something that may be coming up or maybe not coming up that he mentions that he has a brother once. Little things like that that were running throughout. There were nice little touches. I think as a introductory companion episode is probably only been excelled by uh time warrior part one and, and i do know the child part one really I, I think this is the best and strongest thing since sarah jane and ian and barbara really i think that why it isn't a five out of five for me is everything about the direction i think that the director here squandered a lot of storytelling opportunities that somebody like James Strong or Uris Lynn would have picked up on and had some more interesting camera angles uh, that would have Mm -hmm. telegraphed some points a lot better. I loved the musical theme for Martha. It's cool because it sounded a whole lot like – not a whole lot. It sounded reminiscent of the Rose theme, um, but really is so much her own. That whole last five minutes was absolutely beautiful, Doctor Who. A very good success, except for a very few minor things. If you were just to judge the script alone, I think it'd be five. But you can't judge the script alone, so it's a four.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, that's about it, really. Well, no, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Colin.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I thought it was a good, solid start to the season. Um, I... It didn't really feel as much like a sort of a companion introduction story for me. It felt more sort of actually driven as to the events that were happening rather than, you know, the companion's introduction was just sort of additional to that. And I did quite like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we've still got a lot more to learn about Martha. I think her family will be back. But obviously, as we've said earlier, I'd like to see things done imaginatively with that, if they're going to be used at all. For me, the best bits were the introduction of the Jadoon. I thought for the special effects on that were those ships coming over the hospital and their landing and the whole tension given of the the troops marching towards the hospital um, across the surface of the moon. That was quite cool. I like them as a villain. Um, I hope that we'll see them again, although I'd like to see them in a more overtly villainous role. I know that they're sort of, um, as the doctor said, sort of like thugs for hire, but it depends on who's hiring them, doesn't it? So uh, perhaps... The Doctor might be less on the right side of them in the future. In terms of the new um, character, Martha, um, clearly she's got more education than Rose. And I think that she tends to be a bit quieter and think her way out of situations more than Rose did. Seems to be calmer, although Rose obviously tended to act on impulse, but those impulses generally tended to be spot on. Doesn't seem to be led by her emotions and seemed to be joining the Doctor as much out of curiosity as of any romantic ideas. In terms of romance, I think the differences between Martha and Rose is that Rose was obviously in love with the Doctor and he was in love with her and obviously it's questionable about whether or not they got intimate or whatever and there's clearly arguments going on for both sides on our post for forums. I think that Martha does fancy the Doctor, even though she said, Oh no, I don't go for aliens and I think that's one of the reasons she went on the TARDIS. She thinks he fancies her, but I don't think he does. Um, I think he's still, as he said, pretty much, you know, he's mentioned Rose and he's hinted to her that he hasn't moved on. And I think that that's going to come back to bite her a bit. With any luck, that is probably as far as it will get for me for the time being. Because I don't, I do not want it to be more, um, I don't want it to be more overtly romantic anymore. Um, I think for me, I don't tune in every week to see who's shagging who, pardon the pun. And I think that was where things like Torchwood fell down for me, because a lot of that was on sort of, ooh, who's going to sleep with who? And it's like, no, that's not what I'm watching this for. I also thought, mm-hmm. and at another point, it was good to have a series finally starting without a sword of Damocles hanging over one of the main characters. We don't wonder who's going to be leaving. Um, you know, is the Doctor leaving? Is Martha leaving? Because as far as we're aware, they're all carrying on and, In season one, we had that with Christopher Eccleston just after the first episode aired, and then in season two, there were constant rumors about Billy Piper leaving. So for me overall, I would give this 3.5. I'm probably closer with Paul and Mohan on this. Um, Three or 3.5. I'm hedging my bets basically because it's only the first episode and we could see much better episodes and hopefully not much worse episodes during this season.
6: Well,
10: very good. Tom? Well... Not much for me to say that hasn't been said already. I personally would give it a, a four targets out of five. Uh, I thought the writing was very strong, a little bit rushed, uh, because, again, you only have 40 minutes to put everything together. But the, the thing I really liked about uh, the de- was the development of Martha, showing her to be a much stronger person, a much stronger companion, I think, than Rose was. I agree that I don't want to see all the snogging. I don't want to see all the... Romance develop. I want to see more of a mature relationship, and I think that's what we're getting with Martha being a medical student, uh, being an older, uh, an older companion per se than, than Rose was, and seeing more of a mutual respect from the doctor and Martha. You know, in the past we've always had the fatherly figure of the doctor lording over the companion who screams and runs away. We kind of got we got rid of that with Rose uh, in series one and series two, but at this point. The Series 3, were starting off more of a, a mutual respect, if not curiosity, as, as was explained before. I thought uh, they had enough suspense and with the interactions of the Juj- uh, Judoon and the Plasma of War, uh, just enough to have that alien aspect, That yet, again, going back to how Rose was in the uh, first series, with the uh, development and seeing, seeing the interaction or seeing the adventure through the eyes of the companion. I don't think with Series 3, though, we're going to, it's not going to be Martha who, like in series one, it was Rose who, so almost every episode was more about Rose than it was the doctor. I think here we're going to see more the doctor and his companion or his, you know, associate. Um, I also like the fact that we're bringing in, we're also starting to see uh, Russell T. Davies' uh, plotline for following up through the series. Uh, it started in Christmas Invasion. It started again here. As again, those little mentions, again, those of us who caught it, and I, I don't want to do any spoilers or anything like that. I think we're starting to see how settled that uh, uh, the plot line's already beginning. And that, I'm still going to give it a four out of five because, again, on the script alone, on the episode alone, I think it was very strong. Um, there are going to be worse episodes, but I have a feeling there's going to be many more good episodes
9: that are going to be in this four to five range.
6: All mm-hmm. right. Oh, very good.
9: Joe. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, this was definitely a solid four TARDIS-grown episode. Uh, I'm going to be uh, optimistic enough to say that uh, uh, this will be a high-water episode for me for the season. I really liked it. I liked the fact that we got off-world, even if only going as far as mm-hmm. the moon. Uh, I, I give it an extra half TARDIS groan because the sonic screwdriver got destroyed, even if only briefly. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the fact that uh, Martha is uh, not being groomed to be Rose 2.0. She's allowed to be her own character, but I like the fact that we called back to that uh, first Rose episode and certain scenes such as when the doctor takes her hand and pulls her and they run down the hallway together just straight out of Rose. Uh, I really liked that. I just thought it was a very strong episode. I liked the aliens. Uh, I liked the design of the aliens. Uh, again, loved even some of the great scenes like the rain flowing upward. Uh, it just it really clicked for me. Uh, the straw I liked. <laughs> uh, it, just, it, it, all, it all worked very well. Uh, I thought it was uh, stronger than probably half the episodes in season two. And uh, for me, four grooms all the way.
2: Mm, very good. And um, James, we haven't forgotten about you.
3: Well, as as everyone has said, you know, um, I really liked it. Uh, Off the bat, I'm just going to say, I'm going to give it three and a half because I agree. um, I I really enjoyed it and it was a great opener. There was loads there, there was loads going on. Um, Not too many plot holes aside from the electricity and the black marker thing and even then, I I was enjoying it way too much to notice. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved Martha. I'm really looking forward to learning a lot more about her. Um, I'm just kind of generally really excited that Doctor Who is back on television. I always am. I mean, I I quite liked New Earth. It wasn't um, terrific, but I enjoyed just loved the fact that Doctor Who is back on television. But it's very hard, I guess, when you there's an opener to see kind of what the the, the how the series is going to pan out and how to put that episode into context because although I enjoyed New Earth it turned out to be one of the weaker episodes of the second series and I think that may, may be the case here with Smith and Jones because I think this, this episode exceeded expectations, um, I wasn't expecting too much from it because it had a lot to live up to, introduce a new companion and with a decent story arc and you know, uh, at the same time show The Doctor Grieving for, for Rose a bit, um, all this sort of stuff. So, um, I really, I, I loved it and I'm just really excited for the rest of the series. So, um, uh, let's see what's happening next week with the Shakespeare case.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, I tend so, to agree with, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: I was just about to say, so Lewis, what did you think? <laughs>
2: Well, um, I have to fall into the, I think the four out of five Tardis groans camp. Um, not that we're divine. I, I don't know, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was um, a good start, obviously. It had a lot of key elements in there um, as, I mean, as so many people have already mentioned. So, But um, I mean, we had a, I, I thought Martha Jones was an excellent character. It's such good introduction. Uh, I really enjoyed the chemistry that she has with the doctor we're off Earth, even though it was just momentarily, and we're still in Earth's, you know, so, you know, we're still in the solar system, but at least we're off Earth for a little bit, and um, I, I, I thought it was just an, a very enjoyable episode. Maybe as the series goes on, maybe I might revise that, but I, I, I think I, I enjoyed it, you know, as a standalone four out of five, I would give it. I, I don't know if, um, how many have you have seen the, the, the Doctrine Confidential, and um, it seems that just fucking from there a little bit that uh, what Moth is gonna be going through is an unrequited love that she's attracted to the doctor, but it's not being returned. And, um, and I tend to agree that I rather have the, the romantic aspects of the characters being more on the companion side than on the doctor's side. And I'd rather have um, the doctor more stoic in that respect and more in line with the classic series. Um, but it might be interesting seeing how she develops and how maybe, um, you know, where this goes, and as long as it stays unrequited love, and I, I think then um, we'll stay on track that way. Uh, but speaking of the confidentials, uh, Dr. Confidential for this episode, um, it does, at the end of it, give you a little bit more as far as a taste of the upcoming series. And um, I'm pretty excited about the series now, seeing more. Of the little glimpses of what's yet to come, and um, I'm you know excited to have a story taking place in New York, and uh, and again, I would still prefer more off-world stories, but just to kind of get away from Cardiff and you know that same location all the time, it's it's always a, a delight to to have. So. Um, I think there you have it. We're, by the way, Ken wasn't able to make it in this recording, but he does want to have his say about you know about this episode. So um, the next time we're all together, you know, we'll have a little review, another recap of this episode. We won't go into in depth as we did here. I was just wondering what everyone thought about this whole comment about the doctor's brother. Is this um, leading in? I mean, maybe we should sound off a spoiler alert, but. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might be too late now, but it's pretty interesting. I think they're revisiting the whole doctor's brother being a particular nemesis, Person. Adam.
9: Lewis, I'm going to have to ask that my, uh, my opinion on that be forever shrouded in mystery because I am also getting the familial evil eye and uh, need to disconnect
6: it. Okay. All right,
9: All right mate. Thank you, so thank, much thank you so, so much for being for, part
7: of this, Joe.
9: It was a great pleasure. I'm so glad not to have been in the hospital this time. <laughs> 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 Thanks for having me. It was wonderful.
2: Well, I'm looking to forward to having you back, Joe.
9: Absolutely. Take care. Anytime. Bye-bye. Cheers. Tara.
2: Hey, Lewis, I think, uh, getting back to that comment, I think uh, we may see something come of that. We may not. But half the reason Russell put stuff like that in a lot of the time, I think, is just uh, to get people talking. Mm. I, I think I think it amused him to, to, to get the the message boards flared up.
6: Mm. And I, think it <laughs> I don't I don't would, I don't
2: mean yeah I don't mean that in a negative way I just mean that no, I no. think that it's uh, I understand
10: it shows people mm-hmm. are listening.
2: Yeah, it, it might yeah. turn out
10: to be no more than that.
2: Yeah, just uh, a one-off comment.
10: Yeah, I I think it may be also going by the uh, uh, the notion from the classic series some rumors and innuendo that was always. Uh, promoted about the doctor and one of the classic characters, and again, I you know, with all the rumors and stuff flying out there about who's coming on board and what's going on, it we might get a resolution to that long off rumor or some kind of uh, uh, contact. Again, that mm-hmm. could be many things. It could be relative. It could be blood relative It could be you know best friend. It could be uh, you know buddy. You know, so there's. Many, many different things, and um, gosh, I, I, I wish I could speak out loud because I don't want to spoil it for people. It's going to be hard enough doing the podcast, you know, with my own opinion. of What I think is coming down the pike, but uh, again, it, it's that whole, when Russell T. Davies throws that decent that plot line in there, when he starts throwing little, little things, just like with Bad Wolf, you see one instance in episode one, one instance in episode two, you see all these just... Little quick subtle clues that go on throughout the episode, and I think that's, again, I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that subtle plot line, that season plot line that will, at the end of the season, the last two two episodes, we're going to see it all come to fruition.
2: Well, this year's Bad Wolf is um, Saxon, Vote Saxon, and we're going to get more and more little tidbits about uh, this character as the series progresses, you know, coming to a head, you know, at the climax, I would imagine. So,
10: Well, that hmm. the Vote Saxon was one, but did you also notice it in Christmas Invasion in and in another mention of Saxon in the episode? And in Love yeah. Conchors. <laughs> it's when that the, the one medical student was talking on, on TV, he said, I talked to Mr. Mm-hmm. Saxon as an, an yeah. Christmas situation Who gave the order to shoot down the Ragnarok ship?
2: Yeah, the, the Runway Bride. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and it was and, also
10: mentioned,
2: it was also on Torchwood
10: as well. Right. right. Yeah, that's right. It was on Torchwood. Correct.
7: So you know, even if the uh, brotherly comment goes nowhere in the future, at least it comments upon something that's gone in the past in that it takes another chink out of the armor of those people who believe in Lung Barrow and the way in which Time Lords were supposedly weaved instead of or woven from looms instead of, you know, through natural biological processes given birth. And that, to me, is a good thing because it, it cements Susan as more than likely genetically related to him, and I, I personally appreciate that because it makes the whole thing simpler and easier to understand, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyone else want to um, give their feelings about where the show is going?
3: um, I'm just really interested to see how things pan out after seeing the previews and everything. I'm really excited. Uh, I I, I honestly have to say I have no clue as to where it's going, and I've, I've purposefully tried to... My best to stay away from the, the rumors and it's, everything else. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I try to do it as well. It's hard to, <laughs> doing a podcast about about Doctor Who and maintaining a website and trying to keep a distance as well. It's just, um, but yeah.
10: it, um, uh, it's, it's yeah, going to be an I,
2: interesting series, I
0: think. I yeah. think
10: the real thing, if you just, just want to highlight without any spoilers, is to watch that new trailer that's on the BBC mm-hmm. website, the Doctor Who website, the long trailer. That uh, essentially an extended trailer. It's uh, it's a good trailer. In fact, I got it up on my screen right now. I've been kind of watching it as we've been talking. And uh, is, is, is this some, Did you see Confidential? Is it similar to
2: what was at the end of Confidential?
10: I haven't. I still haven't seen Confidential yet. I'm currently okay. working on that. But uh, all right. Yeah. No, this is. It could have been. They put this on the website on Friday. with an extended trailer. It was in the news on their news section, but then it became on the front page. Red. Does it have the
2: flying cars in it?
10: Yeah. Uh, it's, yes, I believe it does.
2: Okay. The, Lewis, Lewis yes. it's different than what aired on Confidential, but
10: mm-hmm. it's, it's got similar. some of the same clips, and some of it's got similar clips. Uh, but I think there are some differences as well. And I at like the, at the ending of it. It kind of puts that air of mystery back into everything. The last, mm-hmm. the last 10 seconds or so. Mm-hmm.
2: But we know um, this isn't giving anything away because it's been in the trailers, you know, for the past few months. You know, that we know that the Daleks are returning. Um, are, are, are the Daleks being overused? Is, um, can we have, a, you know, one year without the Daleks? Or should we always have the Daleks as a staple, as, as Doctor Who?
10: I think we need them every year. I think because oh. with the whole thing with the Doctor being the, end, the last of the time words and the Daleks...
3: Tom, we lost you.
10: Yeah, he's gone.
7: Yeah.
3: He's
10: gone. Down for the
3: count. <laughs>
7: Good Lord. Well, I think, in as navigate. much as uh, we can gain anything uh, about this particular episode from previews that we saw at the end, one of the things that most delighted me about this episode was the uh, clip from next week in which the bard is seen saying about Martha, Hey, nani I just, I thought that was Fabulous, and it kind of sums up um, what I think about Martha because, you know, she's hot and she's a fabulous character so far. And I think that that very famous quotation from um, Shakespeare is, is entirely appropriate about her so far.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to how her, she develops. I think she's a, it's a great star, it's a great, she's a great yeah. companion, great character. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's going to be good old Time will tell, time commenting, will tell.
2: Commenting on that trailer, I think the, the fun part for me with the trailer is always at the start of the year trying to figure out what clip is going to be from which episode. And even though there's a bit of spoiler from it, I think most of the time it's, it's not what you expected. Uh, mm-hmm. Often you get the episode wrong anyway. Uh, certainly from, uh, from that trailer, I mean, I'm looking forward to the whole series, but certainly uh, episodes 8, 9, and what I think is episode 11. Uh, which is, uh, I guess, the, the Paul Cornell and Stephen Moffat episodes this year. The, they having written some of my favorite episodes of the first two mm-hmm. years. Uh, well, the, the, I the Stephen Moffat really Yeah, I mean, the Stephen Moffat one's going to be interesting because that's the one that has very little of uh, the Doctor and and Martha in it. So it's going to be interesting what he does with that format. And um, so it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm curious on what that episode's going to be like. And it's getting talked up a lot in interviews. I saw an interview with Russell, and, and that's, that's one that he cited and, uh, uh, as, as being one that, uh, and, and to look forward to, and that it's, it's going to be incredibly scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what he does with it. So it's, I mean, I'm looking forward to every episode, but I uh, just looking right now, season as a whole, those are the ones that are sticking out for me because of that trailer. Uh,
10: Uh, Who knows uh, what it'll look like in in three months' time when it's all done. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd also like to see the the trailer where we see the reoccurrences. I I think I got cut off, guys. My phone. Yeah, I was just gonna jump in there. I was
6: just gonna let everyone
2: know that you're back.
10: Yeah, I jumped back real quick. Is bringing back Captain Jack, and I think he's in either episode ten or episode eleven. he comes back, and I want to see how that ties into the season finale of Torchwood, because well, obviously
2: it. It definitely has to tie in, you know, directly. Um, I, I would imagine.
10: Yeah, because there's been some there's been some speculation out there that is it
2: that uh, it, it might not be I, this doctor,
10: it, uh, it might not be yeah, it may not be this doctor, or it may not be this Captain Jack that he was picked up immediately after um, uh, the end of season one, uh, mm-hmm. part of the way that this may be where he's taken up, but the trailer kind of shows the Captain Jack we know from Torchwood.
2: Yeah. And I, let me say, I said 8, 9, and 11. I meant 8, 9, and
4: 10. So, just, so 11, 11 looks good, too. <laughs> they all look good.
10: Oh, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and the, funny, the funny thing is, is Paul Cornell with Human Nature and fan, the Family of Blood, those, I, you know, I enjoyed that book when it first came out years back. It's probably been 10 years since I read that book. And I'm really curious to see how they adapt that to the TV how they adapt that going from Sylvester McCoy's character to uh, David Tennant's Doctor.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to, it will all be interesting. um, You know, I I feel like we're repeating ourselves, but, you know, I'm very excited that the series is back. And um, I think this episode uh, last night really energized that. I've been, you know, outside of my Doctor Who life, if you will. Um, (laughs) I've been just so busy that I, I just really haven't been able to kind of focus on That the new series is back and and really get excited about it, not to the fault of the you know of the series itself, but just because I've just been so busy. So um, Mm. now that I got a a taste of it, I'm really you know eager and my my appetite is whetted and uh, eager for more. (laughs) All right, well, um, I guess that's going to round things out here. We're um, I'm, I'm very pleased that everyone was able to join us and. uh, I want to thank everyone for being here and, and those that had to leave early, you know, thank you as well. And, um, you know, we did have more people online. I don't know what happened with them, but um, w- this will hopefully, you know, be a um, a reoccurring event that we'll do uh, live um, episodes, you know, where we can do um, actually have feedback, live feedback calling in as well if we use, um, you know, TalkShoe in the future.
3: Yeah, now that we've actually figured out how to use the bloody thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a thank great you evening.
10: Thank you. Aaron, and, uh, thank appreciate it. it.
2: It's Tom, thank it's great much. having you back. More power to you, whatever whatever we can do to help you out, you know, don't be shy. You know, we're thank we're here for you. We're all family.
1: Yeah, and I
10: appreciate it. Like I said, the response I've gotten from everybody has just been phenomenal and very heartfelt and I really do appreciate it. So um just look forward to being back and keeping in touch with you all, and uh, looking forward to a great season and uh, bring back yeah. those friendships again.
2: Uh, uh, Tom, if you have a um, a new promo or or any promo, you know, send it my way. or we will put it on our podcast.
10: Definitely will. And then same to you guys. If you guys, you know, I, I know you guys got enough fame, but hey, I'd love to have you guys on the uh, do a little promo on the, uh, the podcast. Absolutely. Too, to there again too. I mean, we all should be doing that for each other. I know Paul. Yeah. Paul and I have talked about it and. Uh, so yeah, anything. I'm, you know, I'll get one back up there, fine. I think I've been promised you guys a promo for two years and still haven't gotten one. So, <laughs>
6: well,
2: <laughs> you know, when, whenever you can, you know, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll spread the news that you're back. And um, I know it's already been posted on our forums, so it's everyone's excited about it.
10: Okay. Mm. Well, well, thank you, gentlemen. I do appreciate the time and the opportunity to be on again. And uh, I am going to have to get going here too. So I look forward to talking to you all real soon.
3: Yeah. All right. Take care. Good stuff,
10: mate.
2: Yeah, then. Wow. Cheers,
3: everyone. Cheers. Right, okay. to speak to you all uh, next time. Hopefully, we do the roundtables.
0: Indeed. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, rough, you know, bumpy start, but we we got through it. <laughs> yep, yeah,
3: we got there in the end.
0: Special thanks to our special guests to this special Doctor Who Pachak podcast roundtable discussion. We would like to thank Ron Vitel of the Magic Sock Podcast, Joe Barlow of Cinema Slave, Sean Lyon from Outpost Gallifrey, Doth Skeptical, Colin Broadley, both regular contributors to Doctor Who Pachak, our Canadian correspondent Mike Durin. Paul Wilson from the WhoCast, Tom Dillahunt from Podcast Who, and as always, my illustrious co-host, James Norton. For links to the respective podcasts mentioned in this show, please visit our website, thegallifraneembassy.org or podshock.net and click on Web Resources, where you will find categories for different podcasts. You'll find links to the Cinema Slave Podcast, the Magic Sock Podcast, the WhoCast Podcast Who, Outpost Gallifrey, and James Norton's various podcasts. So check it out, podshock.net. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, as if you were expecting a different podcast, by the fan-run TheGallifreyanEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podchuck is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podchuck. You can email us at feedback@podchuck.net.
10: in time but hold on if you could see me this morning why don't you tell me not to go into work
1: crossing into established events is strictly forbidden except for cheap tricks
6: and that's your spaceship
1: it's called the tardis time and relative dimension in space
6: your spaceship's made of wood
4: there's not much room we'd be a bit intimate
1: take a look I've
5: noticed! Go oh, ahead! Let's get going!